This is session 40 of the Law of One, and let's get into what I call the cycle of creation today. Let's begin. This session, I decided to divide it again into two parts because I wanted to take my time talking and reflecting about a couple of things that, as always, we can extrapolate from the material that we get and then have a whole different part for the rest of the session because at the beginning, we're going to get into physics and metaphysics, of course, because we're talking about the raw material. <laughs> uh, but we're also going to understand it from our side, from our space-time perspective. And then the session goes into the harvest process, transition into third and fourth density and that kind of stuff. And then it goes out into uh, cancer and so on. So we're gonna cover that in part two, which is really interesting stuff again. And I just wanted to not change gears in the same session so I can take my time here. And this is going to be part one. Um, we are going to go, there's nothing specific about this session other than, uh, you know, the beginning of the question. So no personal material here, like in the previous sessions to discuss. And that's it. We can go right into the first question that Don had. And he's saying, I thought that I would make a statement and let you correct it. I'm trying to make a simple model of the portion of the universe that we find ourselves in, starting with the logos or sub-logos, our sun. We have white light emanating from this. This is made up of frequencies ranging from the red to the violet. I'm assuming that this white light then contains the experiences through all of the densities. And as we go into the eighth density, we go into a black hole, which emerges on the other side as another logos or sun and starts another octave of experience. Can you comment on this part of my statement? So Ra says, we can comment upon this statement to an extent. The concept of the white light of the sub-logos being prismatically separated and later at the final chapter being absorbed again is basically correct. However, there are subtleties involved which are more than semantics. Okay, so let me explain the question so we are on the same page. Don is asking basically, what's the cycle of creation? If you see, you know, he's going from the logos, which is the originator of the densities of consciousness, the originator. It's, it is a portion of the grand central sun and it's creating as I believe it was session 28 where we discussed the logos. You know that the logos is a part of the creator that has to an extent changed the archetypes of the galactic logos that created also its own archetypes for every single star in the galaxy, which was taken from the Grand Central Sun, which is the big logos, <laughs> big brother, or yeah, big brother, we're all brothers here. So uh, big brother again, now from, uh, from big to small, big brother gave the archetypes to the galaxy or the galactic logos, and the galactic logos switched them around, changed them, created its own parameters. And then all the stars are going to use that in its galaxy to also change them. So it's uh, it's like a, a step down process, which 
each logoi we're going it's going to to change and switch depending on what they want so that's where Don's starting because that's the uh, experiential part of the creation that we have the seven densities the octave and from that point he's going from our sun that's why he went to say the logos sub logos um, our sun and that's emanating white light so he's interested in the physics of it how this light becomes the creation and we're gonna go into that Ron's gonna comment on it and that's why at the end he says uh, that it goes back to the black hole that's Don saying this and that is the whole cycle of creation when you think about it because it's describing the manifestation of the creation through light as we discussed again this was 27 28 and 29 are key for this understanding so that's why I, I emphasized this at the beginning of book 2 which is session 27 that is very important for anybody who's interested in understanding this from the mechanics of how according to the law of one and raw this works so we have the whole creation in the seven densities and from there it goes back to uh, to the black hole which is the unity with the creation that's when we accrue spiritual mass which we actually have discussed in the past sessions um, and then from that spiritual mass um, approaching infinity that's where we go back into a black hole so that's Don's question and Ra's going to elaborate on this that's why they say and they say at the beginning you know the concept of the white light of the sublogos being prismatically separated and later at the final chapter being absorbed again is basically correct so the white light being uh, what do they say prismatically separated so prismatically seven densities seven colors those are our seven densities uh, from red orange you know the you know the system all the way up to seven density which is the gateway to intelligent infinity and later at the final chapter being absorbed again it's basically correct however there are subtleties that they're going to get into and we're going to get into as well so that's the premise of this question it's a, it's a sort of long answer so we'll take it step by step the white light, which emanates and forms the articulated sublogos, has its beginning in what may be metaphysically seen as darkness. The light comes into that darkness and transfigures it, causing the chaos to organize and become reflective or radiant. Thus, the dimensions come into being. So, this is hypothetically, um, or in our imaginations, we can we can uh, we can picture this. There is white light that is being emanated. And now this metaphysical darkness is um, what's called the, fe the, the, the female or the feminine uh, creative principle, which is the, um, it's the womb of the creation. And light is the father. That's why uh, this is a great, great moment to clarify something because Ra and um, other entities of the Confederation refer to, of course, this is to metaphysical, um, mature people or educated, metaphysically educated people who are not, you know, into bringing politics to metaphysics, you know, about the father being why. Well, the light is male and darkness is female. That's, you know, yin yang. So, in the same sense, that's why they use the word, you know, father. Ra's not using it here, but I'm using it. 
In darkness, when they call metaphysical darkness, that's where light comes into play and they create these this marvelous uh, seven densities. So that is also when we, um, I, mean, I at least do, when I meditate, I, I kind of focus on this, um, on my consciousness really, you know, which when it goes down into the philosophical understanding of what consciousness is, it means it's emptiness, you know, it's nothing. So um, it's similar to this darkness, metaphysical darkness that Ra is talking about, because that's the nature of everything, you know, that's, that's our mother, you know, and um, then they say the light comes into that darkness and transfigures it. So they do their interplay, causing the chaos to organize and become reflective or radiant. Now this chaos is what we know as um, intelligent energy becoming more um, more concrete in into its um, its patterns, and we're gonna get some into this, um, not as much as I would like, but uh, we're gonna get into some of this how you know this 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 patterns um, are evoked in the metaphysical darkness. But that is the chaos that organizes. If you remember first density, when matter is becoming, uh, it's solidifying, let's say, you know, it's, it's becoming, we have first density in timeless chaos. That is the nature of how intelligent energy works to create the first density and start the evolution, actually. You know, that's, that's just the, the nature of first density. And then it goes up, you know, I mean, all densities are created at the same time, but the nature of energy evolving, it starts from first, first density and that's, um, I'm taking that this is, you know, the same, I'm assuming the same type of chaos that is organizing and becoming reflective or radiant in this case. And thus the dimensions coming to being, dimensions to me is just another word for all the densities and sub-densities. I suppose that's why they didn't use the word density because dimensions, as we'll get to, uh, refer to every sub-density, infinite sub-densities, but we don't have to go that deep. In fact, um, we can't. We don't have enough time. <laughs> you know, time is an illusion. So they continue. Conversely, the blackness of the black hole, metaphysically speaking, is a concentration of white light being systematically absorbed, once again, into the one creator. Finally, this absorption into the one creator continues until all the infinity of creations have attained sufficient spiritual mass in order that all form, once again, the central, the great central sun, if you would so imagine it, of the intelligent infinity awaiting potentiation by free will. So now we have, uh, conversely, what happens, as they say, is that the black hole is absorbing all this light and, you know, of course, opposite to what our mainstream science is, which is based on fear that we're going to die and we need to exploit not only the planet, but apparently other planets and asteroids to keep them living. You know, we, it's not enough that we we are we're beating into submission planet Earth. We need to go and beat the hell out of uh, asteroids and Mars. And, you know, we have all these plans. So, <laughs> sorry about that. I need to rant on it. Um, yeah, contrary to that, the black hole is, uh, it's, it's the creator beck uh, beckoning at us, you know, it's, it's, it's calling to us. So that's what it means, you know, it's, um, it's not the, the ultimate death that we should avoid. In fact, that's what we 
even if we don't admit it, we're seeking the black hole. We're seeking to become that black hole because that is infinity coalescing again into, well, actually the creation coalescing into infinity. So that's what they're saying at the beginnings of the statement. Finally, this absorption into the one created continuous into all infinity of creations have attained sufficient spiritual mass. This is, um, I will speculate, and I think I'm not alone on this, that the whole creation needs to coalesce into the black hole. Now, I don't know how far I can go with my speculation and say that it could be local, because a creation can be an octave of experience here, locally, or is it the whole universe that needs to... I mean, it doesn't matter in the end, because once we enter that timeless state, then there is no waiting, you know? We don't have to wait for, you know, those of Andromeda, you know? Oh, those those are still in the Sagittarius uh, uh, constellation. They're still there, you know? <laughs> we don't have to. So no matter where we go to, uh, it's um, or when we go to, this is just, and, and again, you know, this is my human mind trying to, to give some sort of explanation to the ineffable of what is timeless state, which again has to do with consciousness. It has we can we can actually explore it in our own minds or beyond the mind actually, <laughs> if we're looking at a pure consciousness. But that is where we go to. And then when they say all the infinity of creations have attained sufficient spiritual mass in order that all form, once again the great central sun. So yeah, now that I read it again, it makes sense that the whole universe, basically, all s possible stars that are now going through their sequence and their planets and so on, they all need to uh, finally um, reunite into one black hole, seemingly for us in space-time, but it is the grand central sun from the other perspective, and that is pure white light, pure uh, consciousness, infinity, intelligent infinity. Now, there is no more creation, there is just infinity, and at that point, it's the exhale of the big inhale, if you will, or reverse, whichever way you want to see it. It's just, it's a continuous process, you know. People may be, you know, asking at this point, like, what's going to happen then? Well, it's a cyclical universe, so the fun continues for infinity, you know, and of course, it's like a video game. I like to, it's definitely a video game. <laughs> Think about it this way. The purpose of doing this is not because you know we're like rolling down an infinite hill going going round and round there is experience we've been talking about the the creator experiencing itself so it can know itself that's the whole point we are experiencing ourselves however far you have gotten into your conception of self so you can know yourself if you don't experience yourself then you can know yourself you know physically mentally spiritually you have to experience yourself. So the Grand Central Sun, the creator, the one infinite creator, is experiencing itself, himself, herself, I don't know, whichever you... <laughs> uh, I guess I'm still affected by this whole political stuff. I need to go away with it. Himself, let's call him himself, period. It's just just for, uh, for practical purposes. Um, so he needs to experience um, himself so it can... Imagine the vastness of experience that this one collective mind that we are, the one creator, is experiencing and we will achieve that. I think this is, uh, let me go a little poetic here, maybe just inspirational. 
But think about our evolution through the densities until the point that we will bring up, just to call it uh, a carnal um, direction, we will bring up or north this, um, this beingness that we are and we will experience the whole of creation along with, not along because we're already the creator, but we become the creator so we can experience the whole universe as it is happening. This is uh, an ecstasy that just, it's just unfathomable for me. You know, it really is, I don't know, I can't describe it because I can't even imagine. <laughs> but that's what's happening. At the end of that, when all of creation has been absorbed and all these ar archetypes that have been used inf infinitely have been retrieved, to use the word, into the one mind of the creator, then all of this will be used to create the new octave of experience, the new creation. Just like in the past, and this is why I say it's a video game, in the past octave, Ra explained, I believe, that I believe it was Ra that explained that we had, we didn't have the male and female polarity, and now we do. So we, we got that accomplishment. We got that, um, what do they call it? Achievement. <laughs> we got that achievement and said, we're going to use that in our next creation, definitely. And um, that's where we are. So who knows what we're going to get? One of the things that we got, the veil was also, uh, it's new in this update. So you can even see it that way. See, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going, um, what's the word? Very mystic with my expression of how the inhale and the exhale of the creation goes this way. And then we go into the, the video game analogy where, you know, we just create updates for the creation. But anyhow, <laughs> I digress too much. Um, so that is that part. That's just how, that's just the cycle of creation. Ron keeps going and says, thus the transition of the octave is a process which may be seen to enter into timelessness of unimaginable nature. Like I said before, to attempt to measure it by your time measures would be useless. Therefore, the concept of moving through the black hole of the ultimate spiritual gravity uh, gravity well and coming immediately into the next octave misses the sub-concept or corollary of the portion of this process which is timeless. So, yeah. I mean, in, in, in terms of measuring, what do they say, the concept of moving through the con through the black hole, there is no moving, there is nothing, there is no time. That's why they say it, you know, this way. Because the transition of the octaves, the process may be seen into timelessness. Uh, the best way I can approach to this is to know that consciousness is not bound by space or time. Consciousness is actually everything. Consciousness is the whole creation. If we can reduce our perception to the most basic identity, if I can even call it that, is consciousness. So consciousness is not, like I said, it, it's not experiencing anything. Um, it's not, it's not a product of time or space. Consciousness itself is, it's its own thing. You know, it's, it's what we are. It's what everything is. And so, because it's not bound to that, it makes sense to reimagine our sense of self in a timeless state because consciousness is that and we are that 
So that's why in the process of us evolving from the illusion of separation, which goes from first density all the way to seventh density, um, mostly from second to six, then seventh density becomes almost like first density again. That's why it's called the octave. The next density would be the first density. And, you know, it's just the same thing. It's the point in the circle that started everything, you know, where you started drawing it. You know, it's the end and the beginning. You know, there is no end, no beginning. In any case. <laughs> so when you when you reimagine yourself and self with capital S as consciousness, as everything, then you know that there is no time. And that is what they're to me they're referring to. And to attempt to measure it by your time measures would be useless. You know, it's it's like trying to measure, I don't know, water with uh with a stick, you know, how much, how many gallons do I have? It just doesn't, <laughs> it, that's not the way it works. Therefore, the concept of moving through the black hole of the ultimate spiritual gravity well and of coming immediately to into the next octet misses the subconcept of, or corollary. Of course, you know, from, from one to the other, there is, there is no measuring. It is already that. And that, I mean, I can, I can't even attempt to describe that better. Um, it's the best I can do. So hopefully that makes sense. In any case, it's just a cycle, and that's all that matters, and every time it gets better and better. So, here we go. Question number two. Don says, our astronomers have noticed that the light from spiral galaxies is approximately seven times less than it should be, from their calculations of what their mass should be. I was just wondering if that was due to the increase of spiritual mass in the galaxies in what we call white dwarfs, and Ra says, this is basically correct and is a portion of the way or process of creation's cycle. So, uh, I, I'm going to speculate a couple of things here. And, I mean, this is, there's not, there's not much substance here, but I just want to talk about it. Uh, first, the number seven is, it's kind of, I just noticed it. Number seven has, has, um, has an interesting connotation there but I can make a connection so if you guys can make a connection with what I'm going to explain or whatever you can interpret from this leave them in the comments please um, so Don is referring to the scientific measurement of light um, being observed by our instruments being seven times less of what they calculate the mass of the galaxy is so it's like there's a lot of mass you know, and accounting from everything, you know, there is seven times less. I assume they include black holes and so on, which is mass. Uh, but then Don is asking, you know, is this because of the white dwarfs? Um, and, um, and how does this connect to spiritual mass is my, my speculation or my question here. Because he says, I was just wondering if that was due meaning the lack of light, that seven times lack of light that comes out of the galaxy, um, it's due to the increase of spiritual mass in the galaxies in what we call white dwarfs. So the spiritual mass, so this is my connection here. First of all, a white dwarf is a star like our sun. Most stars are like our sun that have gone through their main sequence, meaning that they have gone through, at least from our scientific point of view, which I think is not complete, they have gone through the sequence of burning, quote-unquote, 
um, their, uh, their, their material, mainly being helium, uh, hydrogen, then helium, and so on, all the way to iron. And because they're not massive enough to become a neutron star, star or a black hole, they become white dwarfs. They go through the uh, expansion of a red giant, and then they shrink to the size of the Earth. So that is a white dwarf. A white dwarf is our sun's destiny, according to main science. It's going to expand, and then it's going to contract. The expansion will take up to, possibly up to Mars or so, they say. That's how giant's going to be. And then it's going to collapse into a white dwarf, which is, again, the, the end state. That's why they call it the end of the main sequence of a star. It collapses into a white dwarf, and it still emanates light. Um, uh, funny enough, Sirius, anybody in metaphysics and spirituality, you know, with interdimensional beings and so on, they like Sirius, right? And we talked about Sirius actually not long ago with the plants becoming third density entities. These, um, um, I think Sirius B, Sirius B, the, this binary system, Sirius B is a white dwarf, so not too far from us. It's only uh, Alpha Centauri, I think, is four light years away, so this is about double that or so, if memory serves. So we have uh, white dwarfs, very common. But see, the thing is that they are accounting, scientists are accounting for the mass of the white dwarf, but not the spiritual mass. So because the star has gone through its 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 life cycle, they let's say, maybe, and this is my connection because I would think the spiritual mass would actually create a black hole. But is there a black hole near a white dwarf? Maybe not, maybe yes, I don't know. How does are black holes visible all the time? In the sense of gravitational pull, I don't know. But there is a connection here that I see. That has to do with the amount of white dwarfs that we have, which is a ton, and spiritual mass, which is the um, you know, the uh, uh, the mass that we actually are metaphysically all reuniting again with the creator. So whatever that means, I mean, I can keep going, but I think it's boring enough <laughs> for me to just talk about this stuff without making any connection. And like I said, there's not much substance, just me uh, trying to pull, you know, uh, I don't know the saying in English, but pulling, um, finding the fifth leg on the cats. You say in Spanish or something like that. Like that. I don't know. Anyhow. Next question is 340.3. Don says, Thank you. I was also wondering if the first density corresponded somehow to the color red, the second to color orange, the third to the color yellow, and so on, through the densities corresponding to the colors. In perhaps a way, so that the basic vibration that forms the photon, that forms the core of all atomic particles, would have a relationship to that color in the density. And that, and that that vibration would step up for second, third, and fourth density corresponding to the increase in the vibration of the colors. Is this in any way correct? Let me go into Ra's answer and then I'll, 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 I'll attempt to explain this. This is more correct than you have stated. Firstly, you are correct in positioning a quantum, if you will, as the nature of each density and further correct in assuming that these quanta may be seen to be of vibratory natures corresponding to color, as you grasp this word. 
However, it is also true, as you have suspected but not asked, that each density is of the metaphysical characteristic complex of its ray. Okay, so this is actually a fascinating question for me, because as you can see, I've, I am like a half-baked um, scientist or astrophysicist, or quarter-baked, <laughs> I just love science, prior to me getting involved into metaphysics. So to me, finding you know these correlations into the raw material is always fascinating. So I'm sorry, you have to bear with me. <laughs> All right, so Don is asking if, um, first, obviously, yes, we have made that connection between um, first, all the densities and our subdensities and the colors. I mean, we already see that. We see that in sounds as well. Uh, I'm sure we can find it in, in even in taste. I mean, everything is seven. Experience is seven. <laughs> if you can put a number on experience in the word or the feeling, you can put it seven. Seven it is. All right. So um, we have that uh, that connection already. And but see, Don is going really deep into this, and I love it because he's saying um, perhaps so the basic vibration that forms the photon that forms the core of all atomic particles. So. There is a basic vibration that forms the photon. Okay, so the photon is energy that is vibrating in a specific pattern. That is the vibration, vibration in a pattern. It serves and it's actually very accurate to say that these patterns are sacred geometry. And there has been a lot, uh, I, th I believe is, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm gonna butcher it. I think it's Nassim Haramein or something. He's, um, he's a physicist that has found all this sacred geometry all over the place. And it's just, I mean, people like him, of course, it's not just like he is. Um, uh, but I think it's not Nassim, Haramein, Haramein, something like that. Uh, so geometry is at the core, literally at the core of every vibration. And this vibration, Don is asking, you know, if this, if this, um, there is a relationship to the color of the densities and that vibration would step up uh, literally, it's going to change, you know, for each density. And this is going to get into very cool uh, stuff. So, Ron says that this is more correct than you have stated. Because, and I can see, you know, I mean, with the little background that I have in sacred geometry, uh, vibration, like the platonic solids are so involved here because they are uh, the basic uh, vibration of... Uh, all elements, and and we can see that in, in in so many things. I mean, David Wilcock actually has a very fascinating topic on this. I don't think he's made it public. Like, you know, I think it's under uh, paywall of Gaia and under the paywall of his um, classes, which I actually took uh, a couple of years ago. And they're they're just fascinating. You know, the the the, the, the sacred geometry behind the platonic solids and and um, and the elements, it's just fascinating. So before getting into that, let me just uh, go to the raw material where they say that firstly, you're correct in postum, a quantum, which is you know um, an amount of energy that can be measured for a specific uh, field, uh, if you will, as the nature of each density. And further correct in assuming that these quanta may be seen to be of vibratory natures corresponding to color, because the color is what defines the density as you grasp this word, because color is just a clumsy word to define these vibrations, because they are vibrations. It's almost like saying, I don't know, texture, 
is um, it's a thing, it's not, it's a vibration too. So, however, it is also true, as you have suspected, but not as, that each density is of the metaphysical characteristic complex of its ray. We're going to get into this, but that, that's the premise of it. There is a basic vibration that creates every single, uh, it creates everything, but it steps up, like, uh, like Don said. It steps up in second, third, and so on. It becomes more complex in its vibration, and that's what we're feeling right now, too, with four-density energies. As we have discussed, since we crossed that threshold from third density to four density vibrations, whenever you hear spiritual people talking about we are in four density vibration, we're moving into fifth density. Well, it's not fifth density really. It's a whole uh, misconception from my point of view and my model of reality. People say 5D. I think they're they're thinking because we're going from the four dimensional uh, aspect of three dimensions in one time four dimensions, three spatial, one time, 4D going to 50, but uh, in the model of the law of one, we know it's a, as four density, and we're getting those vibrations now, so, um, yeah, I lost track of that, but yeah, no, this, that's what they're talking about, anyhow, I hope that makes sense, it's, it's gonna make more sense now, I hope, <laughs> uh, Ra says, thus, in first density, the red ray is the foundation for all that is to come, of course, it's the basic vibration. In second density, the orange ray is that of movement and growth of the individual. This ray striving towards the yellow ray of self-conscious. Manifestations of a social nature, nature as well as individual. Third density being the equivalent and so forth. Each density being primarily its ray plus the attractions of the following ray pulling it forward. In evolution and to some extent coloring or shading. The chief color of that density. Okay. <laughs> Woo! We have a good one here. First of all, out of all the uh, dry uh, concepts that I've been throwing at you for the past half hour, we can now paint it with a little bit more of um, beauty. Let's put it that way. Poetry. Actually, not poetry. Reality. Let's put reality. What they're saying is that in... Um, okay, so first density is the red ray of the foundation of all that is to come. Of course, you know, that is like... You know, here we go. Everything is spinning now. What are we going to do with it? And it's going to go into its own realization. It's going to create patterns and it's going to get together and so on. This is first density creating matter. Uh, the four elements acting together to create all that is pre, pre-life as we know it. Pre-sentient life. So, in second density, the orange ray is that of movement. So, meaning the second... Uh, Second density orange ray is the vibration, like it steps up in vibration in terms of consciousness. Now, let's bring the word consciousness into this, and it's going to make a lot more sense. Consciousness now is looking not only to realize itself, but to, like they say, movement and growth. That's why we don't see rocks moving. We don't see, well, water is always moving, but it's not, it doesn't have sentient life, um, but it is conscious. And second uh, density actually is life in terms of movement and growth there we go it's not rocks don't grow except crystals but then I'm getting um, I'm getting into uh, into crystals and quartz and so on uh, but you, you can see the, the the pattern here so the pattern or the vibratory pattern of the photon in this case is looking for growth it's making think of it this way and it's gonna be very helpful imagine the Sun shining red light 
to the planet. That is the beginning. There's not even a, a, a sphere yet. Energy is trying to find its way into creating the planet. This is first density. Now we have, and this we know from scientific measures, you know, the, the chaotic nature of the solar system and so on. Um, I think it's a lot more subtle than that. Than just, you know, like massive chaotic stuff, just bombarding and whatnot. I don't know. I don't think that way. So the planet finally coalesces into one sphere and now it's prepared to that matter to move because the sun is now going from red to orange it's shining orange light that orange light is going to make matter move water minerals air fire teaching all of this to create uh, movement patterns combined of course with the logos with the sun shining orange light and then that's what they mean you know they they're going through movement and growth there is a a sub logos at this point too because you remember Na uh, um, uh, Ra saying that uh, a planet is a sub logos at least at the point where it's in harmony with with its second density beings this is session I forgot I really forgot but it's, it's probably Oh no, it has to be session 28, where we talk about the Logos, or the Logoi, uh, the Logos and Sub-Logoi. So, this is the uh, the planet actually now becoming sentient itself. Gaia is becoming alive. Now, orange is going to create all the animals, all the plants, bacteria, uh, virus, and so on. And then becomes comes the part which we're going to visit. Uh, in the next part, part two, we're going to discuss this in uh, set of session 40 because they talk about this transition too. But I'm going to give you a, a heads up. Then the, the yellow ray of the sun shines upon the planet and now humans start becoming a thing. That's why there's a very fast shift from animals or the, the, the selected animals, which were the primates, into humans. And now the yellow light is going to create new patterns now check red, orange, and yellow light, all lights actually, as colors. These colors being upgrades of the vibration of the photon that is impulsing or propulsing or pushing or spiraling consciousness into a new state. That is what's happening. I hope this is making sense because sometimes I review it in my head and I'm like, I don't know, I'm going all over the place. <laughs> so that is what they say, striving, this ray, striving towards the yellow ray, it's talking about orange ray, striving towards the yellow ray of self-conscious manifestations, human, of social nature, as well as individual, that's human. Third density being the equivalent, and so forth, they go on. Um, each density being primarily its ray, plus the attractions of the following ray, pulling it forward in evolution, to some extent coloring or shading the chief color of that density. I'll say a couple of things more about this, and then we'll move on to the next question. When they say that um, each density primarily its ray, so remember we were talking about, let's talk about yellow density because that's that's where we are right now. Yellow density, yellow color. The, the, the sun is between yellow and green right now. So yellow is, uh, or uh, what do they call it? Each density being primarily its ray, so third density is yellow, but also green ray, it's like pulling it, it's, Think about the galaxy rotating, right? And there is a, a sort of um, 
a layer, a big layer, green layer, awaiting the, the yellow. Uh, there is a yellow layer here too. It's almost like a pie, right? And the planet is moving and crossing that threshold in 20, um, I think it was actually 1936 or around there. That threshold, now we're getting uh, a mix between yellow and green. And before that, of course, the attraction was, this is the galaxy moving, this is just me putting it in some way, this is not how it works. But it's pulling, you know, consciousness is pulling, the green is pulling the yellow. And that is, that is the vibration that they're talking about. That's why Ra keeps talking about vibration and the changes in vibration of the photon. And so the attraction of the fallen ray pulling it forward in evolution, and to some extent coloring or shading the chief color of that density. So it's almost like green is shading. It's been through the whole 75,000 year cycle that we have in third density. Green has been kind of shading our yellow third density because we came from say the lowest portions, let's call it lowest portion of yellow up to the green portion, which is now, you know, we are in green. Uh, the sun is shining green now. So the basic vibration of the photon has changed already. And we are feeling that. That's why you feel all this chaos. A lot of people may say, well, if, you know, it's going spiritual, why is this happening? You know, and rightly so, it's a good question. You know, why is all this stuff happening? Because four density is shining and it's disturbing a lot the consciousness of people. But like Ross said, that's irrelevant. You know, what's happening, it's happening. It's what, how you perceive it is what's really important and how you are contributing in general. So... My God, I can go on for a while here, as usual. <laughs> um, but that's what they're saying, you know, green is shading, it's been shading it, and now it's full green, so. Anyhow, I hope that makes sense. Please ask me any questions in the comments. I'll get to them, I promise. If this didn't make sense, um, or if you have any question about what I said, because I can really go all, all over the place. And you can see why I dedicated this first part to this couple of questions. Alright, so Don's going to say next 40.4. Then the bodily energy centers for an individual would be assuming that the individual evolves in a straight line from first through uh, to eight density. Would each of these energy centers, centers or chakras, be activated to completion if everything worked out as it should? Would each be activated to completion and greatest intensity by the end of the experience in each density? Uh, yeah, Ryan's going to say, hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, this is correct. However, the fully activated being is rare. Much emphasis is laid upon the harmonies and balances of individuals. It is necessary for graduation across densities for the primary energy centers to be functioning in such a way as to communicate with intelligent infinity and to appreciate and bask in this light in all of its purity. All right, there's more to say here, but first, what is Don saying? Um, it is, um, he says, um, assuming that the individual involves in a straight line, which doesn't happen, um, would each, or is very rare, very rare, of course, would each of these energy centers would be activated to completion if everything worked as it should? Ha see, here is a little human part of Don saying, if everything worked as it should, there is no rule. There is no, you know, oh, you didn't work as you should have, so now you are banished or whatever. <laughs> you know, 
creation is a game, you know, and it's it should be treated as that, you know. If if you lose, you learn. Whenever you lose a game, you learn. Assuming you're, you know, playing a game that any game you learn. I mean, that's any gamer should should know this. So it's not like you know uh, you fail the test. Would each be activated to completion and greatest intensity by the end of the experience in each density? So the question is a little bit um, off in that sense. And then Ross says that hypothetically speaking, this is correct. Hypothetically, you know, that's how you know it's meant, say, to to work. But that is not the purpose of it. See, uh, it's almost like what analogy can I use here? Um, you know, if we go to the forest or whatever in nature and we come back you know we're supposed to go and come back that's that's the purpose but you know the um, I mean that's that's the the idea but the purpose is really to enjoy the trip and that's that's what it is so uh, in terms of graduation they say much emphasis is laid upon the harmonies and balances of individuals see that is the most important part because that's that's how you experience most of everything you know by by achieving these harmonies and balances it is necessary for graduation across densities, across all densities, third and so on, uh, for the primary energy centers to be functioning. Primary energy centers are red, yellow, and blue. So those are our our key points to be working, you know, um, in such a way to communicate with intelligent infinity, to appreciate and bask in the light, in this light, and of its purity. So our red, yellow, and blue which we have described in the past, I don't need to go into them, uh, they need to be functioning properly, right? Is that what they, say? what they say? They need to be functioning in such a way, not properly, in such a way. So they need to be balanced, you know, they need to be in harmony with whoever you are, and that's another thing. Everybody is different. Everybody has their own way of balancing because there is no one balance that we all seek. You know, there's no uh, stereotype that we need to, to follow, so. That is, um, that's the first portion. There's more that Ross going to say. So, however, to fully activate each energy center is the mastery of few. For each center has a variable speed of rotation of a core activity. The important observation to be made, once all necessary centers uh, are activated to the minimal necessary degree, is the harmony and balance between these energy centers. And this is, this is the, the, the best part of it. To fully activate each energy center is the mastery of a few, a few, you know, it's like, how do you activate completely? It's not about activating completely, like the, the percentage, I suppose, you know, that you can activate it. It's about activating them and balancing them and being in harmony. So this is a great example. Who you have been has changed over time, but you can see that you have achieved harmony and balance in many portions of your life, assuming that you don't have you haven't had a perfect, perfectly balanced and harmonious life. I don't think anybody has, especially in this planet. <laughs> um, but you can see that you have, even though you've had different activations, you've had different expressions of each of the energy centers, you have achieved a sort of balance, which is where you say, you know what, I accept myself. The way I am, this is how I am. And you should achieve this all the time. However your energy centers may be, accept them and you will actually activate them even faster and more. It's my take on this. Because, see, they say the important observation to be made 
once all necessary centers are activated to the minimal necessary degree, meaning that at least, you know, you say for you to open or activate your blue energy center, you have to open your green, uh, your heart, so and activate it. So once these three are activated, then uh, the harmony and balance between these energy centers is what needs to be sought, basically. And uh, harmony and balance at all times. That's, I mean, do I need to even say that? Um, and that that is the that is the way of you know of achieving eventually you know fully activation of all energy centers, whether it be in this incarnation or in another or in another density. It doesn't matter. You know, it's a game. We're playing this to find that balance. That is the name of the game. If you are Gautama Siddhartha and you activate everything and you leave, then you know, that serves as an example of, you know, it brings out a philosophy, which we know as Buddhism, right? So, okay. Now we go into the next question. Don says, thank you. Taking as an example the transition between second and third density. When this transition takes place, does the frequency of vibration which forms the photon, the core of all particles of the density, does this frequency increase from a frequency corresponding to second density or orange, the color the color orange, the frequency we measure for the color orange to the frequency we measure for the color yellow? <laughs> this is, um, yeah. Okay, where am I going? Here. So, yeah, Don keeps going. What I'm getting at is, do all the vibrations that form the density, like basic vibrations of the photon, increase in a quantum fashion over a relatively short period of time? Ra says, this is correct. Then you see, within each density, the gradual upgrading of vibratory levels. I think we discussed this uh, already you know, in the past questions. I don't know why Don asked this. Let me just review. Taking as an example the transition between second and third density when this transition takes place, does the frequency of vibration which forms the photon, the core of all particles of the density, does this frequency increase from frequency corresponding to second uh, to the frequency we measure? Uh, yeah, I maybe I explained this and Don didn't um, didn't ask it in the previous question, but this is this is what I said, you know, with the colors shining, the sun shining, the colors light you know on earth and how it changes you know from from the vibration that is assigned to orange to yellow and there is um there's a more interesting question that we go into now with with this and then don says this is a guess with the frequency going from second to third increase from the middle orange frequency or average orange frequency to the middle yellow frequency or average yellow frequency. This is very scientific of Don. Um, Ra says, this query is indeterminate. We shall attempt to be of eight. However, the frequency that is the basis of each density is what may be called a true color. This term is impossible to define given your system of sensibilities and scientific measurements, for color has vibratory characteristics both in space-time and in time-space. The true color is then overlaid and tinged by the rainbow of the various vibratory levels within that density and the attraction vibrations of the next color density. So we have already the foundation for this. So this is gonna be very simple. Um, whew, okay, so the frequency that is the basis of each density. First, Don is asking if, you know, at that time, say when we transition from second to third density, if the vibration of second density is from average, let's say the average vibration goes into third density average vibration 
meaning that there is a spectrum and the middle uh, you know it's like you transfer into the middle from orange to yellow second to third and Ra says that this query is indeterminate you'll see why this term is impossible to define given your system of sensibilities and scientific measurements because we we cannot sense this vibration of changes in consciousness to the level that also implies space-time which is the evolution physical evolution as we're seeing that right now and we have seen the past um, we see this all the time also in second density, but let me not get there uh, as evolution happens. Um, but from second density to third density, there is there's a lot more involved than just the evolution of you know, physical. There is the time space or metaphysical evolution as well, which creates, of course, the uh, let's call it the room for our soul to be. <laughs> we are in, in time space as well right now. So that exists because there is a different vibration now, metaphysically. Now the true color is then overlaid. True color, when they say true color is what I mean when the sun is shining, you know, orange. And orange is not a, a color that the sun is shining, it's a vibration, is a um, consciousness upgrading uh, pattern that is is being, you know, we're feeling it like music. Let's call it music. It's a, the music is changing and we are dancing. Oh, that's a beautiful way to see it, actually. Um, molecules, uh, DNA, everything is dancing to the tune of the density. Should I put it that way? Now, when the tune changes to yellow, there are other things within the harmony and the symphony that is being played by the logos for these entities to vibrate or dance. Same word, right? <laughs> when you dance, you're vibrating. And that's the purpose of it. So that music that is being played now, is uh, that that is the true color. True color is orange music, yellow music, now green music. The true color is then overlaid and tinged by the rainbow of the various vibratory levels within that density. That means that, remember, so we are yellow we're all yellow here however we have seven chakras seven energy centers and they are red orange yellow and so on and that is the rainbow that they're talking about it's overlaid and tinged by the rainbow of the various vibratory levels within that density okay so we are it's yellow and we're tinging it and we're also what's the overlaid we're overlaying it with our our tune our specific tune of sub densities those are the sub-densities of this density. Our chakras, our energy centers are flying, uh, going there, there in that um, pentagram, musical pentagram, where uh, all the notes are played. That's where we are, you know. And it actually makes sense because pentagram being five, five is the five energy centers in between the red and the violet, which actually is what is, is important for evolution and the whereas you know red and violet are kind of static in that sense so yeah i mean it's music it's music being played and we are you know we're tinging it with our presence in this uh, this rainbow that we are and then the last part where they say the attraction vibrations of the next true color density the attraction vibrations of the next true color density it's like the the music that we hear in the far you know distance it's that music that is attracting us, that we are dancing here in the tribe, you know, our drums and, you know, our instruments, our, um, 
uh, our chord instruments, I forgot what they say in English, but anyhow, we have music playing here, the tribal music. And then we see angelical music, you know, or hear angelical music. That is the attraction vibrations of the next true color density, that is four density. It's attracting us, the harp of the angels. <laughs> and uh, heavy metal too, of the um, the angels as well. I can imagine so. I don't know, we gotta come up with a, with a band name for four density uh, heavy metal. <laughs> we have to bring heavy metal to uh, to four density. I don't care. So in any case, <laughs> um, that's it. You know, that's that's my best explanation of this. This is how um, we went from the cycle of creation to how the creation is actually evolving in this way through the colors, as as Don was saying. Now, see the next question. I'm just gonna tease you with the next question. You know, you can go read it, but. Um, I wanted to cover this. How long was the time of transition on this planet between second and third density? Generation and a half, I believe. Is that correct? Now, I'm going to tease this because I made a subtle mistake, I believe. I know I recorded this. Um, I didn't record this in English. But in Spanish, I made a video and I I think... Didn't I do it in English? Probably didn't. Um, and I said that I wasn't sure how long was the, 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 half, the generation and a half and I, I completely forgot that this is, it's explained here in the raw material. And, you know, it's a, it's a spoiler if I say it, so I'm just gonna leave it for, you can go read it. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it for, next, uh, for the next video. But yeah, I wanted to leave that because this is going to get now into the transition, you know, of harvest here. And now we're going to physics and you can see it already took an hour. So um, um, you can see how passionate I am with just, just the physics and metaphysics now marrying together you know the male and the female getting together now just beautiful so in any case that's all i got for the first part of session 40 i um like i said i already explained what this is going to be for part two but conclusions i don't have much to say here other than you know reflecting upon the uh, nature of evolution and to know consciousness is the biggest thing that just comes to mind you know Inevitably, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Consciousness is always present. So for us to always keep that in mind that we have this seven density consciousness in us and that we are, we're always, this is where um, Oriental philosophy always points at us. You know, it's, it's, you know, going and finding who you are and what you are. And when you realize that you say, all right, you know, I, I, I don't have time or space. I am everything. This, this is, this, this is it. You know, you are it. Dat famasi. So, um, this, just reflecting upon that, just as much as you can. That's my best conclusion. In this video, like I said, there's not much substance other than you know what we have. It's, it's a lot of entertainment with all the tools that we have. Like I said in one of my videos already. So, thank you so much as usual for watching. I appreciate your comments. I appreciate you viewing and watching this. If you have uh, any suggestions, of course, please let me know in the comments. Uh, there's a bunch of links in the comments too for uh, the books if you don't have them and everything else, just go read. I have a bunch of uh, resources there. And that's it. I have nothing else to say, but you know, I love you. Thank you so much for being part of this and I'll see you in part two of session 40.